We running, baby? Yep. Oh, wow. What a freaking beautiful day. Um, got a lot of going on. God dang it. We bleep that, that cussy. Grab yourselves a cold refreshment. Let's go. Have yourself a slurp. Get that posture up, huh? Call me homeowner Welch. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, there, Gloria Tells. That's Funky Jams by Gloria Tells. Beautiful song. Okay, we're here with my uh, longtime brother. Actually, let's cover some of this. We're here with my longtime brother, uh, Kyle Hannon. He is the owner and CEO of the Recharge Center. So that's been pumping now. But we'll get to that stuff in a little bit. Uh, what's been going on? There's been a lot going on lately. Uh, we'll cover the Aljo stuff. Aljo's been going off on Twitter about how Sean hasn't, it's all about prize fighting and Sean hasn't fought in, in October. I mean, since October and he hasn't, he's fought three times in the year and he's saying it's all about prize fighting. It's all about the money. I'd be curious to see who made more money in those, in that year. Yeah. Aljo fought three times. But Sugar's got, I mean, he's got brand deals that are bigger than you think. And his merch goes a lot harder than you think. And mm. it's making some serious cheddar. So if they, if Sean's making more cheddar than Aljo in those months, and he's all about the money, then who's really the smarter one? I don't know. But one thing I do know is the UFC knows what they're doing. Everyone, for some reason, everyone hates seeing people win and uh, take off and, and, and get this like sort of hype. People hate seeing it. So they want you to just lose. They want you to lose maybe because who knows why. But the UFC knows what they're doing. Look what they did. Look what they did. And look how big of a, Sean, a star a Sean is. He's a huge star. So the UFC is doing something right. Aljo's, Aljo's even said in the past, he's like, I'm copying whatever Sugar's doing. I'm copying whatever Sugar's doing. So I don't know. We'll see here. Um. So yeah, got that house. It's weird at the uh, own your own house. It's like, all right, time to turn into a man. I got to do all my shit now. It's weird. It's weird. Um, but Kyle, how's the how's the recharge center going? It's go, it's growing a ton. I remember not long ago we were at the other gym and you guys were kind of scared to take the leap, scared to rent out this place, and just not sure how it's gonna go. And I really wasn't sure either, but I knew all of our community is gonna support any anything that any business that opens and now it's opened up and now you guys are looking to expand and and, sure. and it's going crazy huh i can't even believe it yeah it was last year in march and i'd been sitting this this entire complex was pretty much empty except for a gym and maybe one other spot here and sitting in sean fairchild's art of recovery kind of looking around and soaking up and healing in his beautiful spot i kept looking over at an open spot where the recharge center is now uh at that time i had just been dropped from my 
specialized cancer care of seven years. And my doctor had said, hey, if you don't go to this really, as it's kind of a risky trial, six to eight months in Texas MD Anderson, you're not going to make it. You're not, you, she was adamant. She was angry. You're going to die if you don't. So I said, I, I'm not going to do it. I've been through a few bone marrow transplants and make a long story short, they dropped me. So I was just kind of sitting there. Ara and I were working at our jobs in a, a adult disability company. And I was like, man, Ara's, maybe I won't make it through the year. And I thought Ara's dream has always been to cook since a young age. She'd hustled in, in the Philippines. She lived in a, a very kind of a, a low economic uh, village where they had like dirt floors and things like that. So she would hustle on the side and she'd She'd cooked and her so she was from the <laughs> Philippines. You said that's correct. Yeah, she was from the Philippines. I was talking to my buddy uh, Ryan Kramer. He's the one who helped me out with the loan, oh, and dude. he was talking about his girlfriend and how she literally has like uh, not really an education. They yeah. had to drop out of school in eighth grade, work a job like a full time job, sixty yeah. hours a week for like two hundred dollars a month. Right. Um. I mean, yeah, or seven days a week, ten hour days, and they just don't even have an education so growing up yep. in that that yep. area it's hard to even understand it's to not have any education to not know much about history right to not know how to read great it's hard yeah. to even think of what that would be like so Aro so was true. grown in something like that huh yeah exactly right exactly right and when she she took it exactly the same thing she'd take a job and she tells me she'd have to walk an hour to the bus get on the bus go to work in a factory work all day come home at night and then on the side in the evenings or at work, she would sell and hustle and, and cook stuff. It was always her dream. She she would cook, use shells and different things. They live by the beach and pretend she was, you know, using a kitchen and cooking stuff. So I was like, man, that's her dream. It, it's there and something I've been stuck on lately is is there's never a perfect time, I think. When you if you really want to do something that you believe in and you're passionate about it, there's it's not gonna be perfect. And I really advise anybody that's feeling that they're just kind of frustrated and maybe not, you know, there's, they're not exactly happy in their job or whatever's going on. There's never going to be a perfect time. And when you're passionate and you built up a skill, Ara built up that skill in the, in the food, we had the product. I've had experience in business and going through this cancer stuff. I kind of learned and grew, grew there. So we decided to take that risk and man, with one benefit we've had is, is the, uh, the assistance of the community. And I mean, you telling me somewhere in there, I think I had said to you, man, a little concerned as we were growing, we had kind of a rough month. And I was like, if I go shoot, what's going to happen to Ara? Cause eventually we left our jobs and this is our, our uh, only job now. And you said to me, man, we got you, we got, we got you. If anything happens to you and that man, that just, that just uh, hit me in the heart. And uh, just the learning from from you guys, from uh, you, Sean, and watching how this how you've led this community, how you've led the business and the fight game, uh, kind of studying the UFC. What a, but you just talked about the organization. What a beautiful organization. What an awesome dude Dana White is. I mean, what they take a lot of flack in a lot of areas, but they've continued to rise up and just build this beautiful sport and myself battling cancer to be able to come alongside this group of people that are fighting as well there's so many similarities and and fighting against obstacles fighting for your health you know things like that it's just been beautiful yeah i mean it's a whole nother level of what you're dealing with so how many years has it been to where you're like i'm 
I mean, if, if you've been around, I mean, when did you find out you had cancer, like terminal but, cancer? Terminal cancer was about six years ago. So I've been battling cancer since 11 years. At the very beginning, they told me basically that I was a terminal cancer patient, that I had six months to live without uh, chemo and 12 months with chemo. However, we got through that first part. So that kind of took me out of the terminal status. Uh, when you do a bone marrow transplant, which is a it's a whole nother culture and it could go down that road for a while, but bone marrow transplants are an insane process. It's like getting your entire system, your blood type changes, all of your body organs transplanted at once. You have to learn to walk and talk again. But after you do a bone marrow transplant in a blood cancer, if you fail, uh, it's called an allergenic uh, bone marrow transplant. If you fail that transplant, then you're considered terminal uh, because there's no known cure for that when there's not a cure that they have you know we've been doing stuff to keep me alive but when there's not a cure then you're considered terminal that's been about six years yeah so six years i mean on the brim of death so on the brim of death for six years anyone who's going through something like that's gonna have like a lot of wisdom like, <laughs> oh of, for real wisdom and it, it stuck out to me um kevin who helps me with my newsletter he said is there a story of a fighter or student you've coached that faced some significant obstacles in the beginning, but found a way to persevere uh, who they are now. And I, I've had a bunch of students like that, but it's so weird with with someone. And then, no, this was the next one. Would like to hear your perspective on this topic, happiness and passion. Do you think people can develop happiness and passion in anything they do? Or does real happiness come from finding what you like than doing something in that field? It's just weird with when something traumatic happens to something, someone, it seems like that person later on is more happy than they were before sometimes. I agree. I don't even understand exactly why that might be, but I think it definitely, in some ways, if you have some immaturities, and I think even when I was diagnosed, let's see, I was like 35, I still had some immaturities and definitely some ego things to deal with, and that stuff will shake that out fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'll, that'll, that'll grow you up. And so to go through these things and battle – and your whole perspective changes. Everything becomes a life and, and death sort of situation. And you just have to sort of learn to live with that. And I think with that, you're not going to live very long if you're ah, this, you know, a negative mindset, a victim mentality, because it's so incredibly unhealthy. So if you're in a situation where it happens usually once, once a m every month or two where I get myself in a jam, my body gets out of whack and I either got to go into the hospital or I got to just drop everything and just kind of battle. And when you, when you're, when you're forced to do that, it, the littlest stresses can take you down a channel closer to death. So you learn real fast. Hey, if I want to live, I better start keeping a good attitude. I better be optimistic. I better tap into those things. Let me try this. Oh, this made me stressed out. Uh, -uh. This made me feel a little bit better and didn't stress me out. I'm going to go that route. Yeah. And even sometimes when you're, when you're on your chemo treatments or some of your treatments, you come in and you can tell you're out of it, <laughs> but still probably getting love from the people just oh. hel helps just get through it a little more So grateful compared to sitting at home and just uh, being fucking in pain. hundred percent, hundred percent. I just uh, finished radiation. Uh, uh, that's a, that's a whole crazy process. Uh, so there's chemotherapy, which is uh, a class of drugs. There's about 250 chemo medications, and half of them are derived from plants. And those are all different forms of medication that attack particular cancers in your body. You go into the genetic code of a 
uh, a cell in your body, like blood cancer. It's an entirely different thing, but they get into the the uh, genetic code of the the blood cancer, and these chemo drugs go after that specific protein, and they target that. So that's chemo. It goes in through a port, and that that attacks the cancer, and we can get it you know, over time, different chemos, I'll get used to it. So then we have to switch to a new one. We try different forms and chemos are always developing uh, new forms of chemotherapy. But radiation is a is a different form of treatment for cancer where it's basically this laser beam. And it's usually used only for when you have tumors. So like I had, in my case, I had emergency radiation because we had all of a sudden it started growing really fast. We think it's a response from the last trial that I had where uh, I was growing uh, tumor mass probably about a quarter of a, a centimeter every day. I remember seeing it. Like, <laughs> fuck, it was huge. <laughs> yeah, it was like a baseball. So it started to get where at nighttime when inflammation increases where it gets in your head and it's a lot of mind things, but it's almost like in jiu-jitsu when you get trapped and you can't breathe. So then your heart starts racing. It's cra- I was like, crap, do I need to be ready to go to the emergency room? It's hard to swallow. Then it started getting up into my my ear and my eye and into my brain a little bit. I was kind of dizzy. What was that swelling? <clears throat> the swelling? Yeah, what was that? That was the tumors. Holy so it was just the tumors growing. Uh, the lymph nodes were just spreading and creating inflammation uh, wow. through that whole chain there. So we knew that if we hit it with um, a chemo, it would it might take too long. We needed to do something right away. And thank God whoever came up with radiation. Radiation used to be like 30, 40 years ago, if I talked to older people that have gone through it, it used to be a whole body thing. So they put you in this chamber and they'd radiate you. It's just like intense radiation. You hear of radiation from the sun, radiation from a nuclear reactor, and their whole body would, <coughs> excuse me, this is a, radiation effects <laughs> but so now they've got it the technology has increased more and more I had radiation nine years ago and it was uh more more side effects of burns like second degree burns where they radiated uh to to get the the uh, tumors under control this time it was probably half the amount of side effects but we've we've whittled this way down i mean in oh. in uh, two weeks and we got a the radiation is probably one of the hardest things uh I go through, I, I really struggle with it. Some people don't as much, but for me, so running this little prop, or I thought it might be a good idea. This is what the radiation mask looks like. So they, they put this, they make this plaster mask for you and they put it on your, your, your head and your face so that they can strap you to the table. So you're, lo- you're locked down in this thing. And Claustrophobic wouldn't be good. Huh? Extremely, because like, the pressure of the mask, it doesn't fit you exact because they want you to not be able to move even a micrometer because it's so important that those lasers, that they can get the best uh, effectiveness out of them. Wow. So you're in that thing the very first day. I had this big mass <clears throat> here, and then when they put the mask on to set me up for the first radiation, the pressure was so insane. My heart was racing. I couldn't take a breath in it. I don't know how much of it was mental and how much of it <clears throat> wasn't, but I've really experienced a high level of anxiety. <clears throat> so I had to, you know, they got me out of the thing. It was super embarrassing. They were nice and understanding about it. So I had to start uh, metting up every day. Radiation is an everyday process. So I'd have yeah. to take some, you know, Ativan, Xanax type stuff and yeah. and get in there. But it's going through that. I, I was talking to Ezra, who's over here today, as he was kind of asking me about how do I train? 
because I prepare for these things. I, I knew that this is going to be the hardest thing to get up for every day. I was struggling. I wouldn't sleep at night. So I would start, I started to train in sauna suit and put uh, wet uh, carpets and wet towels over me. So I would feel that feeling of being claustrophobic and get my heart rate. So that way, when I went to the radiation, I was like, I've already been through the worst, kind of like fighting, you know, yeah. I, I trained for the worst. Now I'm ready for this. Yeah, probably something like that. <coughs> I feel like just being able to almost like just tap into your breath, follow your breath and just have that just focusing on that would probably yeah. help. Um, but yeah, we were talking about good times to just kind of dive in and, and follow your passion. Uh, Ezra, Ezra Elliott here, he's, uh, he's been a Jobin for how many years now? How many years? Did, when did you start listening to the pod? Uh, it would have been when I was a junior in high school. So I just turned 23, probably like 17. So 17. Yeah. So you've been around listening to the pod since the beginning. And, uh, Sean was mentioning to me, um, mentioning to me that you were in high school and really good wrestler, state champion, and thinking about going to wrestling college, doing some just normal shit. And then what made you just decide I'm going to take the leap and try to fight? So I did go to college at first, kind of just followed the crowd. I feel like everyone that's a pretty good wrestler always wrestles in college, you know? So um, basically all my buddies, they went on to wrestle in college. So I just did the same thing and I got there and, uh, I went to a D2 school called McKendry and, uh, I was there for maybe four weeks and you started the wrestling program mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, maybe on the third week, I was like the same for me, Really, you know, uh, I was never very good in school too. I was kind of getting bad grades already. And, uh, I called my mom. I was like, I think I'm going to drop out. And, uh, what was her response? She wanted me to, they didn't even really want me to go to college. They wanted me to come out and fight. That's oh, really? what my parents wanted me to do. Wow, that's cool. That's yeah. rare. And then uh and then uh I told Kiara, my girlfriend, so I was like, um, because she had an extra year of high school. So I was like, I think I'm gonna just work for a year, save up money, and then uh we're gonna move down to Arizona. And then she was all all on board for it. So So was it something that we heard in the pod the way you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna let it rip or what? Yeah, yeah. So what kind of happened is I had, I had heard about the lab and everything from you guys saying you guys trained here and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I looked up to you guys. So I was like, man, I, I could see myself doing that one day. And uh, uh, there was a guy that used to coach me in high school named Trace. Mm -hmm. And I was on Instagram like one day and uh, I seen he moved down here. He had moved down to train at the lab. So I was like, that's my Trace, connection. I remember him. Little, little, little smaller kid. No, he's a wrestler. He's pretty big. He's oh, no, no I do remember Trace from yeah. Illinois. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I knew him. So when I seen him, he moved down, I sent him a message. I was like, would you care if I come out and train and stuff? And he was like, oh, 100% you can come in. And uh, I already kind of knew I was going to move here, but I came in and uh, like first day, I was like, yeah, we're moving down. This is where we got to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got done. We just got done. Ezra's a hell of a grappler. I tell you what, he gives everyone serious issues. I've never, and and for you being an amateur, I'm like, wow, that's that's freaking crazy. But that's just the new age of fighting now. Kids are just proteges at an early age. But you just get got done going um, three fives with Shug. You're going to be helping us a lot for this camp with Aljo, just because you're long, lanky. You're great at taking the back. You just got great front front headlock chokes. Your timing on your shots is muddy. Um, what do you think the difference between going three threes is compared to three fives? Because there's a big one in there. Yeah. Um, I feel like the threes, I just feel rushed on the ground. I get the takedown and it's like, 
I, I feel rushed to get the submission. I feel like in the five, I can like kind of drown people with pressure on top. Mm-hmm. You got more time to work. But also if they get up, um, they got more time to get the round back, mm-hmm. which like kind of. Yeah, similar in jiu-jitsu too. It's like in five minutes, it feels like you can't do anything. But in 10 minutes or eight minutes, it feels like you can, if someone pulls guard, you can wear on their posts for a while. You can wear on them, wear on them, wear on them, wear on them, and start investing later in the match to where you get, it can pay off. But it was a big change for me, three, three minutes, especially if you're an explosive person. You got to be very careful when you use that explosiveness. And your pacing's got to be completely different. And it's a big leap going, being able to go three threes to three fives. Um, we're wrestling a lot, and you're helping us out a lot, and look forward to that. Um, how's it been just living as an amateur? Have you been doing a good job at just being broke and being able to survive? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you you know you've already lived the life. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just trying to eat healthy, live clean. And how do you try to eat, left, eat healthy and eat clean on a budget? What's um, your tips? Here's some tips. I think you got to, like, try to get it on – you got to like actually know when there's deals and stuff. I'll go to like Sprouts on days there's sales and try to get like deals and stuff. And then uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I, I always see a poking around Sprouts. I mean, when you're cutting weight, I swear to God, that's one of the funnest things to do. Just go to the grocery store and just look at foods. Maybe that you know you can eat after or find foods that are just low sodium that you can eat now. Yeah. It's like almost like a little fun thing to do in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. You know, what sucks though is whenever you're in fight week and you got to go keto. And then everything with carbs you just can't have. And you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, I know. I know. So other than that, you've been enjoying living in AZ. Yeah, I love it here. Yeah, if you guys are, if you want to follow a fighter early on in their career, give Ezra a, a follow. I'll have Jay throw it up on the screen, his Instagram. But you'll see him in UFC in the future. I guarantee it. And uh, uh, just got announced the Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Kyler Phillips. Wow, that's a fucking good fight, bro. Let's go. That's like a... <clears throat> That's like a top five fight. That Saeed kid is so skilled. He's so skilled. He's so tall. He's He's got a lot of tricks on his feet. He's a very good grappler, and that's pretty much the same as Kyler. So athletic, so good on the feet, such a good grappler. Uh, Sparring Kyler is like a different level, huh, Ezra? Yeah. Yeah, Kyler's he's good everywhere. And he's just he did gymnastics as a kid too, so his balance is so good. It's like I'm – so much bigger than that kid it pisses me off when i can't take him down i'm like i'm so much bigger and stronger than you and it's just, just so hard to fucking take down his skills are uh, next level I'm, I'm pumped for that fight because that's august 5th that's sneaking up on us real quick so that'll be good that'll be good so you guys are even even talking about uh for the recharge center starting to think big and start possibly getting your own big kitchen and then maybe start franchising it and then Hopefully one day we can have like a big, huge gym like we were talking about where we have the recharge in front and then just a huge, nice gym. Man, absolutely. I got I got to say first, <clears throat> I've gotten to know Ezra mm-hmm. pretty good. One of the best dudes I've I've ever met. We we took a little hike with uh, Keith mm-hmm. Blackbell over from the, from the lab and somewhere out in the boonies somewhere. And with drugs? <laughs> we, I think there was a couple of... Uh, uh, fungus involved uh-huh. so, something like that and yeah so we we went back there and and had a good amount and part of the trail had gotten damaged from the from the storm so we ended up 
somewhere along the way to get out of the spot we had to swim up a, a creek and it was a cold time of the year we, we swam up a creek about a mile i think ezra and i Damn. went through it together you know you go we, swam up a creek yeah Ugh. and we we uh it was just in canyons and we uh we planned to get out of there at like four in the afternoon didn't get back until midnight everybody was worried uh ara had jakar and levi with the rangers looking for us and stuff like that that <laughs> we 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 went through it and you get to know somebody it's maybe maybe when you train you know you spar or whatever you get you get close to them but ezra and i i got to know him good he's one of the 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 smartest awesomest dudes ever i can't i mean i can't wait to just watch how his career goes and kiara his his girlfriend uh her sister moved down kaya recently she's She's 18, and she started working for us a couple months ago in the recharge center as we're expanding. And she's just been a, a huge blessing. I mean, she stepped in there. It's we're we uh, yeah we're looking to expand. It's a super exciting time. I'm trying to kind of kind of sparked by Sugar. He said he, you know he's he's given us a lot of shout outs and really helped us build uh, the business. Uh, you guys have been such a huge part of it every time you give, give us a shout out i swear we get like 10 new people following us and new customers super grateful for that mm. <clears throat> but learning about this franchising is a whole new world of business we had some guys come in and analyze the business for you know uh, future franchising and to give us some feedback of what to do and they went back into our kitchen and they they were just shocked they were like what how the heck is our have been we call her Chef Mama. How she been? How she been doing this? How she been cooking? Because we don't have any sort of official kitchen. There's just some propane tanks and couple of ovens. <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's no ventilation. The owners have been so supportive here in this building, but they're like, you guys got to get out of your ASAP. But they told us that they they cannot believe that our output on the days that we do business, Mondays and Thursdays, are our pickup days. They said that we're on par with what a subway does for business. Whoa. So how many meals? We're hitting about 200 to 250 uh, per day. So when they- What? Th I know, right? So, Jesus. and sometimes it's just like Kaya, our SB from our gym is back there. Oh man, they, they've been working so hard back there. I mean, they're hustling it. And I watched them all just become better and better at their jobs, at chefs, at, at, at cooking. I mean, they're, they're, Kaya's learning, uh, Espy's learning. Ara, I mean, she's so fast when she chops. It's just like, you know, who, just, who, who's fast? Uh, Ara's fast, but Espy and Kaya are catching up. They're are starting. They? It's it's like there's levels to it. It's like you know they started out as white belts. Now maybe they're moving up to blue belts. It's just some some work or whatever. But these guys they analyzed it and they recommended that we do a for franchising. It's called a hub and spoke business. So like a Dunkin' Donuts, they cook all of their donuts in one kitchen so what we're looking to close on now is just a dedicated kitchen so that's all we do in that space it's got uh we're looking at a spot it's hard to find a kitchen too we didn't realize it's a rarity there's it's especially if <clears throat> you're in a nicer area and things so we're getting a kitchen not in the best area but that's kind of how we we've been doing things i kind of took uh followed your guys suit and how you started in, in a warehouse i mean there's no reason to go into debt and open up some super fancy spot get the business you know settled first yeah i've been around too many uh gyms even that they're just like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna go to the bank and get the fattest fucking loan we can i'm gonna get I'm, one gym recently i worked at before i opened my own spot they just went out got one hundred ninety thousand dollar loan just to get going 
like, all right, man, you're taking a risk here. But finding the old dumpy mechanic shop that we had with 900 bucks a month recharge center right now is super cheap. And being able to build up that way. Because you envision yourself having a gym, you envision some nice thing, but you're not always going to be able to start that way. That's, That's right. one thing I, I feel like we really did right is move up 900. Then I got that 2,500 square foot place. That was $2,500 a month. Covered it pretty easy. And now we're here building up and then we'll build up again. So moving up that way was nice. But how nice is it having a girl that is passionate and that can cook good? Man, I can't I can't say enough good about Ara. She's she's been a godsend. We we had a little at the very beginning we had our struggle uh in the relationship was when I would get sick and I'd start to go towards death, I'd feel really guilty that she kinda had to start paying more attention to me and then I think, man, why she could do so much better. Why why put her through this kind of stuff? Why put her through if I'm gonna die and things like that? So we we were, I had sort of a, a person who mentored me. She was a chaplain, an older lady in the hospital. And she'd been, some of the people that have been in the hospital that work in that field, they have so much wisdom because they've counseled the worst imaginable system, situations you could think of. People going in for to have a baby and everything's great. And then all of a sudden you have to make a decision. Is the baby going to live? Is the mom going to live? You know, just the worst tragedies and stuff. So we were, we kind of were like just getting, getting into a tough spot in the relationship. So I asked her if she'd kind of talk to us and having that third perspective sometimes with somebody you can trust, somebody to just kind of listen and maybe give feedback about ideas that really helped us. And it turned into something as simple as, Hey, when I'm, when I'm in a really rough day, I do a thumbs down. When I'm having a good day, I do a thumbs up to her and that I just need to know that, Hey, for some reason, Ara chose me to stay with and she loves me and that the loyalty that she has and and um I don't know if it's a how much of it's a cultural thing or if it's uh it's just some people are wired that way but her level of loyalty is just incredible I've been in in a long-term relationships a couple of really long ones before one that was 14 years and man I wish I'd known about the TMS stuff <laughs> yeah too much sperm yeah yeah so with with Ara, uh, she's just she's an incredible woman. I mean, the way that she she can cook, the way that she uh, she's always she's always there. She's yeah, she's bubbly, <laughs> nice to be around. Ezra, does uh, Kiara know how to cook? No, <laughs> no, I'm the one that always ends up cooking at the house. So you know how to cook a little bit. You're, a little you're learning. Bit. Yeah, you're learning. Yeah, that's how Mariah and I were when I when we first met. I think I was 19 years old and we just, I knew how to make spaghetti. She knew how to make a couple things. Her mom's really good at cooking too. But now I swear she's probably, if if I had to give Mariah a belt ranking system, I don't know, but she's probably like a three, four stripe purple belt probably. Like really good cook, finds the best ingredients possible, starts whipping up stuff up together. And that for me, I'm like, that's probably my favorite things about life is just eating good quality fucking food. I've always been really just pumped about good ass food. I'm going to say she's a black belt. I'm going to say officially really? from the TRC as a CAO, she's a black. <laughs> I think there's just a, there's a difference. You can be a really good chef. And I think there's a difference between being a chef and being able to make a, a couple of meals versus being a chef and cranking out like two, 200 meals. That's a whole nother, mm -hmm. you know, it's a whole nother skill level yeah. and stuff. And some people like there was one day uh, last year, Ara got bit by a black widow and had to 
being in the hospital and we were like, oh crap, who's, who's going to cook? And we didn't really tell anybody, but Ara kind of gave me the instructions over a speakerphone and, and I cooked the food and it, it man. Was it, that the week everyone was puking? No, so, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I think so, but we still have our sales for some reason. It almost didn't rebound after that. But no, it, it took me forever. And, and I, I just know that I don't like to do that. That's not my, that's not my passion to cook for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, same when I'm whipping up a couple steaks or I'm making some coffee or I'm doing, and then I want to have some people over and have to do it for them. It's a whole different thing cooking that quality shit in bulk, but those cooks that can, they don't even have to think about measurements. They know how time tastes. They know how curcumin tastes. They know how all paprika, all this stuff, and they can put that in and they're just, an expert with the spices, those are the guys that I think are more like black belt level maybe and that can cook stuff in so many different ways. Uh, you know, what, where in um, Phoenix, what's one of your pl- favorite places to eat? Do you guys go out much, Ezra, or not too much? Um, we don't go out that much, but uh, um, there's a dessert spot we had after my fight, and it was, it was nice. It's called Novel. Mm. It's like an ice cream spot. Oh, it's good. They got like donut. Like it's like a Krispy Kreme uh, donut or uh, ice cream in the middle and then another Krispy Kreme, like a sandwich. It's really good. Oh, that was good. Yeah. This week, last weekend, um, Ezra fought LFA and walked, marched right at the kid, double egged him, body locked him, took his back. Actually, almost took his back. Then he's on top, half guard, kid set up, and Dars choked him pretty, pretty easily and flawlessly. So now next is uh, Ezra's pro debut, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be but that's pretty awesome so all right what else we got going on here comes out chimaev claims ufc has fight for him calls out kamaru uzman i'm going to squeeze your head off i want to see that fight if you had to pick right now comes out versus kamaru uzman who would you pick uh i'll take Hamza. really yeah. by what probably decision five rounds or three rounds if it's a three if it's a five, actually, I'll probably take Kamara if it's a five. Yeah, I would too, because Kamara's so good at fucking pacing himself and, and, and that. But you, you don't know how beat up Kamara is. I hope they make that fight. Like, why not? Just fuck it. Make it. That's going to be a huge fight. But if I had to pick right now, I, I guess it depends on what weight. I feel like Kamara might beat him. Kamara might beat him. But three rounds, yeah, like you said, Kamzat might be able to ragdoll depending on what weight it's at. Dana White says, if Tyson Fury really wants to fight John Jones in the UFC, I will make it happen. Tyson was on Twitter because Joe Rogan said uh, if John Jones and Tyson Fury were in the same room, that Tyson Fury wouldn't be making it out. And, and you got to agree with that. I mean, I think boxers boxers have a an idea in their head. They think they're going to be scrappy, and just being scrappy is going to be enough. People who've never done jiu-jitsu or wrestling, they think just you just be scrappy. You just... No, I'm not going to give up. I'm just scrappy. It's like scrappiness doesn't work against very fucking good people, especially black belts like John Jones. You can be the scrappiest motherfucker in the world, and he's still going to strangle your neck. So I I would recommend if you're if you're a boxer, just a pure boxer. It's cool because I love boxing. But if you think you know how to actually be in a real fight, just go to a, your nearest jiu-jitsu academy and say, hey, I want to roll with your best guy. I want to roll with your best guy and let's let's do let's roll for five minutes, maybe ten minutes, and then you'll have a good idea on like, wow, that's something completely different than I thought. Man, that is so true. Right? I think a lot of 
a lot of guys i kind of used to be like this too you're hitting the bag and you're like I, I can punch like the guy i see on the screen but it's totally different when you come into a gym and you're not thinking either the grind that these guys keep to to even take a fight is to show up and train around other people and the things that you go through it's not just standing in front of the bag and throwing some punches there's a little bit more to that yeah and then it's a whole different level when you have someone and it's not in training someone's in front of you and they're actually trying to hurt you they're not trying to pull punches they're trying to hurt you that brings a whole nother anxiety to the fight that's going to make you more tired than you can even imagine but this is what uh aljo said he said first off oh he said o'malley slammed sterling stating you have four months to get ready take two months off heal up and then train hard two months it ain't fucking science or is it he was joking when he said that and then for and then aljo says first off it's not science you freaking numb moron it's called math yeah well we're joking and and if you watch that pod you should know that there's humor involved Sterling said in a video post on Twitter, mathematics, you probably forgot because you might have dropped out of high school or maybe you smoked all your brains away. Like, man, if he smoked all his brains away and dropped out of high school and he's good chance he's a lot more rich than you with more houses than you, then whose brains are really away? And you completely forgot the difference between science and mathematics. When you're dealing with numbers, you know the big numbers that I like make when I cash out for whooping that ass. As I said, I'm going to show up August 19th. Not because of you, not because of the fans. I'm showing up because Dana White is cutting that check for August 19th. I know he says in his videos, he says in his videos how healthy he is and, and stuff, but we'll see. We're going to find out. You said that Sterling really, before he wanted to kind of be like sugar. You, you see, he said that. Yeah, it, it, so do you think he just he just doesn't know how to do it? He's trying. I, I look at Cejudo and Sterling, and they, it's like they're not understanding that that sense of humor sort of thing. They're taking things too seriously, and I, I feel like the the last fight and the press conference and everything those the UFC. I almost feel like they need to put some some PR, or some somebody that can help them manage, kind of like the WWE does. Like, don't say this, don't take this attitude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. I feel like you're either naturally kind of funny or you're not. That's true. That's a good but point. But Sterling's doing a good job. He's growing his YouTube. He's grinding on his YouTube. His YouTube stuff's going up. He's the best bantamweight. He's the best bantamweight of all time. He, I mean, he's got to be. Don't, would you agree, Ezra? Who's a better bantamweight? I mean, you could say Hen and Burrell, but then when the USADA came in, that changed. I think he's definitely the most dangerous bantamweight there's ever been. Yeah, I'd say he's the best bantamweight, like, right now there's ever been. But, uh... People just don't get behind him. Like I Why? Just like, I, I think it's more, it's, well, part of it, it's got to be a style, right? Because Sugar, like, he's exciting. Yeah, he, he comes out, he lights people up. And he, and, and not, no other 135 or flatlines people. One yeah. shot KOs him and walks away like Mark Hunt. Yeah. That could be it. And then and then right now, it seems like it's kind of in, like the curly hair, the tattoos, all that kind of stuff's kind of mm. in. But Sterling, I mean, he doesn't seem like, a terrible guy like he's not near as cringy as henry i don't know why people aren't getting behind him maybe they are more now yeah i i feel like also this this fight i think suge's just got such a big fan base too so this one like he hasn't beat sugar so i feel like right now like everyone's kind of like against him like in the way like because he hasn't he hasn't beat sugar mm -hmm. so um like but i felt like the henry fight i feel like most people were going for aljo over henry yeah yeah for sure i mean just because henry just the just how 
arrogant he is it seems like and and part of that's for the camera he's probably really not like that in real life or maybe he is i mean when you're five two and you have a lot of accolades maybe you just want to act a certain way i don't know and then aljo says other than that you i'm showing up because dana white is cutting the check for august 19 other than that you call no shots i call no shots so let's stop pretending all this other nonsense what this is going to be is 97 days between fights. Last time I checked, I thought that was three months, not four. I mean, maybe it's science. Maybe there's something to do this, something to this. Maybe the way you do your math is completely from me, but I'm going to take the time off, heal up. Obviously, I had the discipline to become a champion. And he said, Sugar Shane fought one top five guy who whooped his ass. Definitely didn't, but was handed a decision, took 11 months to prepare for me, and then calls me, I'm not fighting enough. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jan's the best mountain weight of all time. The only all thing time keeping that back, I think, was the the failed knee. If imagine if he didn't have that failed illegal knee, what would history and, be like? I mean, so much of fighting is like that. It would just all be changed for sure. I think the best Jan we ever saw was against Sugar. That was the the best skilled mountain weight fight of all time. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was a sick fight. I'm striking match wise. It was fucking sweet. For sure. And I think the best bat and weight fight I've ever seen was just in this cage with Ezra and Sugar. Oh, just now. <laughs> that was a good scrap, wasn't it? Man. All right. What else here? We got Benil Dariush versus Oliveira. How is it playing out? Hard to say. Probably Benil, maybe. Fuck, it's hard to say. I don't know. And then uh, Jay sent me some hood fights. Wouldn't mind reviewing some nice hood fights if we can get a screen in here where I can watch it and we can play it on the screen at the same time. And then Andrew Tate tweeted this. What do you guys think about this? When she loves you, she will ask her permission for basically anything. Hey, baby, can I go to the store? Hey, baby, can I watch a movie? Hey, baby, can I play music? What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do because, you know, it maybe you can ask that and if the if the if the if i was in that situation i kind of do that r and i do that with each other and if the person said no then then maybe an argument breaks out but mm -hmm. it's just kind of I, I don't know that maybe there is a wiring with females where i really feel like that's part of their i heard andrew tate say that that females don't like to make decisions and i think to some extent that's kind of true uh, when it, you kind of see it a lot when you, you're, you know, your girl you say, where do you, where do you want to eat tonight? And they're like, I don't know. You just, you know, that, that whole thing, there's, there's maybe something there to that. I think he kind of, he might over magnify some of the things that he's saying, but I think there's definitely some, some truths to, to what he's saying there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. What do you think, Ezra? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think, I think girls and guys like, we're kind of like our nature we're kind of all like similar like all guys are kind of similar right and girls know a lot of things guys do and then guys know the things girls do it's like cliche but it's true mm -hmm. uh pfl founder don davis fires back at dana white with a corporate comparison netflix is not even on our radar screen in terms of competition that's what a blockbuster ceo said in 2008 and now netflix obviously took over and there's no more blockbuster and then uh, Dana said, what PFL is doing makes no sense to me. I know. Well, it just seems like they're taking a risk, too. They're taking a risk. It's either going to pay off or it's, or it's not. You've seen it with Affliction 
all these promotions that are like, we're going to come in and take over, and they lose a lot of fucking money. They're, they don't have a Dana White behind them who's just so smart and makes good business moves. Um, but maybe it will. He could be right. Who knows? They're taking a risk, giving Francis a lot of bread, uh, giving some people a lot of bread. Jake Paul, a lot of bread. How much equity are they giving away the company? Who knows? Who knows how long it'll last? That's always the scary thing about promotions that just start t making big moves. Even like BKFC. I wonder how many pay-per-views uh, Luke Rockhold Mike Perry did. Who knows? But I heard they paid him a, a good amount of cheddar. I don't see these other organizations doing things like the UFC. I think the UFC was so smart to make the ultimate fighter the reality show so people can get to know the fighters and get to know their stories and things. This The other orgs, they don't seem to really invest in those areas as mm -hmm. much. Yeah, a full TV show has to cost so much money to do, but it's true. yeah, you're right. I mean, Bellator did it with the Fight Master a long time ago. Right, Spike yeah. TV, they did it, and it really didn't take off. I mean, because they have all this footage. You have six weeks of footage, Twenty, probably 20 hours a day, six weeks of it, and you have to break it down into 30-minute episodes. So you have to really choose what stories you're going to run with and what stories you're not, and that's, that's kind of a risk wow. flip of the coin right there. Okay, this one says Poirier sees McGregor finishing Chandler early in their fight. I think he stops Michael Chandler. If Conor McGregor is who he was before the injury and stuff, I think the fight's over in two rounds. That's exactly it, though. That's the big question. If he's who he is before the injury. Because snapping your leg like that, I mean, the, 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 the history of people coming back from that injury isn't very good. But who knows? Con maybe Connor was on some of the some of the best sauce, some of the most expensive sauce. That fucking thing could be strong okay. as fuck. I want to see. I want to see Connor come out and do good. Me too. And I'm just so curious with Chandler. Is he gonna? I know. I know everyone's saying you gotta go wrestle him at the first. You gotta go wrestle him first. Big moment. Huge fucking moment. Now you're in there with Connor McGregor. Is he gonna just go balls to the wall like he does every the time? Every time. I'd probably say yes. But I think he would be smart to just force some scrambles, force him to wrestle a little bit, zap his energy, take his pop away from his punches a little bit. But we'll see if he does. If you have to bet money right now on that, Ezra, who would you pick? Uh, I would take Connor. They're both so That's jacked true. right now. I don't even think they'll. <laughs> I don't even think they're gonna look the same as they have. Well, Chandler's always like jacked like this, but Connor, I don't even know if he's gonna look like the same guy at all. Mm -hmm. And in Michael Chandler, he's got his hands kind of down, and he swings really heavy, and he swings so hard. A lot of times, he's really off balance. And I mean, Eddie Alvarez did that. He did in every fight. Eddie Alvarez, he does this punch where he jumps and lunges and kind of falls off to the left. And I think Connor knew that and just sniped his chin. And I think that could be something similar to Michael Chandler, where he's just too laser sharp. You get off balance, you overextend yourself on a punch, and he's going to put a three piece on you. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I like Michael Chandler too, but I want to see Connor just kind of keep going. Now, wouldn't it be sweet to see Connor versus Leon? Ooh. I could see him just winning this one and then just them running it. I could see it. Calling it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah. Um, okay, Sterling said, I'm a phone call away, boss. Respectfully, you made a fight the fight the – you made a fight the night of the fight without a single word of it mentioned to me or checking on my injuries. I have a personal life outside of fighting, but once again, I'll show up and piss in everyone's Cheerios again. I mean, yeah, that does suck. That does suck. It's, it is impressive to have that turnaround that quick by Aljo. We'll see. And then Dana White on Aljamain Sterling. 
Well, first of all, I didn't hear what you, what he said. Number one. Number two, I'm not the one they that went out and said if my body holds up when I'm fighting, when I'm promoting a fight. If you're not healthy, don't take the fight. We'll have somebody else fight. We'll do some someone else for the interim title. Who would they do for the interim title? I, I said even for at the beginning. Oh, I think I think Dana said uh, Henry. But I said that from the beginning, it'd probably be Henry. And Sean's like, no, he's coming off a loss, but it was not really a loss, split decision. Not going to be Mirab. Mirab got surgery. Sanhagen, maybe. I would love the Sanhagen fight, and maybe they would make that. Maybe they would cancel the Umar fight and then and do the Sanhagen fight. Also, the Henry fight would be sweet. But I feel like Aljo knows this is going to be a big payday for him, pay-per-view. So even if he is a little banged up, he's going to show up. He's going to show up and and think uh, Sugar's going to be a easy fight. So I hope so. I hope he shows up. That's wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else you guys got going on? What do you got going on the rest of the day, Kyle? Probably uh, we're working on that kitchen. I've, I've pretty much been between the cancer stuff is just just uh immersed in the whole learning the whole franchising thing trying to develop uh new franchise franchisees is putting building hubs in different locations in the city yeah just put on the entrepreneur camps a whole different yeah. thing huh i know i think about that gym i'm like franchising and then having different coaches but i'm like god i just i don't know if it's because i'm small-minded and i need to think bigger but i just like the just the person I like knowing the students' names. I yeah. like being here coaching. I don't really maybe when I'm way older, but I don't really want to just sit at home and see the check come in. But what else am I do? I love coming to the gym, hanging out with the guys, teaching them to fuck people up, making jokes. The camaraderie is probably the funnest part of it for me, and just seeing all of our team get along and have fun, and just at tournaments, everyone showing up and just being there together. That's the for me. That's the sweetest part. What so. about what about setting up just a small home gym and then you franchise out everything else? What do you mean? Oh, so it's a small home gym where <laughs> yeah, it's so just the, like yeah, just be like you know you got your people in a in like a, fifty or how many? yeah uh, maybe maybe a hundred hundred and then you got other gyms where you you know you got MMA gym or something maybe you got to go visit there every so often but you start that's this is the part that I'm struggling with is for Ara she's struggling with getting a chef to it, training chefs to step up and do what she's doing. I'm struggling because I'm on the operation side, the business side. I'm struggling with, I got to find somebody else because I'm able to get by with this right now. But when we get busier and I have to go through treatment and things, I'm going to need somebody else to, to step up and help. But it's so hard to let go of it. And because I, I love being involved with it. You know what I mean? So trying to find a way to, that's why I like the idea of franchising. Maybe it's just because I'm stuck on it and learning about it right now. But you set up your your own home location. You got your model spot, and then from there, you've got all of your your hubs, your extensions of of that business. So, kind of replicating what you're doing in that home place, but you got other people who you've trained to do just what you did in in your gym. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, we're in the process of that right now. Um, the gym and my program is so new still. Sure. Yeah. There's been gyms that have been even like the lab. The lab's been around for. I forgot how many years. Crouch said it when he, I had him on the pod, but it's been around for years. So now they now their mats, they have a lot of black belts. They have, I think, over 10 maybe. So right now I don't have any even, I mean, any brown belts. So we're still early on. I, I can't wait one day to have a room full of black belts. But we're still it's early It's kind of beautiful on. to have these hungry young guys in here too. You know, the, 
the whole element of building together that 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 uh this is a beautiful time i think right now oh for sure <laughs> for sure you gotta remind yourself just to be thankful for it what do you got going on the rest of the day ezra probably can go lift some weights and then i'm gonna think i'm gonna go hike up in sedona today Ah, uh, you and kara are gonna go up there yeah i think so damn sedona's nice isn't it yeah yeah i love it up there what about you jay you still in shops for a new rig yeah, uh, still just kind of looking, trying the, to see the what Prius my options fucking are. Pooped out on you, and yeah. what was it that pooped out? Uh, it was called the ABS. It was like one of the major parts of a Prius. It's going to be kind of pricey to fix, and I didn't know if it was worth it to fix. And then mm -hmm. it breaks again, so I don't know. Just kind of trying to weigh out the options, see what I could do. Yeah, yeah, get a little rig. So I might be buying a lawnmower here soon. I actually got a guy. Uh, a guy here at the gym that does landscaping and that stuff. So I don't, I'd rather not buy a lawnmower, but yeah, that's, that's my life. When's right the last there, time you mowed a lawn? I used to mow lawns in high school. I used to mow lawns for 20, 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a little company with my, not even a company company. I had probably five jobs, five, six jobs with my buddy mowing Jeez. lawns. So that's what every kid should be doing. I think that, that work ethic, I think you get, from working in high school doing jobs like that and wrestling i think that's one reason there's a model right there of why you're so successful now just get my fucking ass beat in wrestling for years and years and years for sure i mean wrestling does help you with a good work ethic doesn't it ezra was your wrestling team was it a lot of hard work yeah we worked really hard probably like that was probably the hardest i've ever worked was yeah, probably in high school is probably the hardest I've ever worked ever. Mm -hmm. And, you, and you're going, you're going to lunch, and you're uh, eating some Taco Bell, getting a a, <laughs> a Mountain Blast, do slurping it down, then go to the wrestling room, try to cut five six pounds. Yeah, you're just weighing stuff, and whatever it weighs, you're like, oh, that's the same thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember cutting weight for my uh, wrestling one time, and then right after I got off the scale, I just cracked a slim fast and just. <laughs> just chugged it got some uh i remember they'd always buy a uh, cereal so i got some captain crunch right after that <laughs> went wrestled about shit myself got pinned <laughs> then i uh, didn't show up for the second day so that's it all right ladies and gentlemen uh thanks kyle thanks ezra thank you thanks jay uh hit that like and subscribe button and then uh patreon.com slash redhawk academy i've just been doing some normal vlogs i'm doing a preview of my newsletter preview of my newsletter videos of breaking it down the newsletter is growing also free newsletter each week of just the gems of each week and then uh yeah hey that, pa that patreon is awesome i i can't recommend that enough and you've been on there for a minute yeah i've been on there for a minute there's uh, you know the i especially feel that you know you're you're giving away a lot of wisdom and we've got an awesome jobin community developing like when i went up to minnesota i think i had talked about there's a jobin up there max yule who drove me around just took good care of me i think it's a real special community and we're doing spe something special here so i re recommend supporting the patreon supporting you know some of the merchandise from red hawk and and from sugar because they're they're doing stuff they're not, it's not just about the brand and making money they're doing stuff that's absolutely incredible i mean the recharge center alone is one uh one testament to that and then we got that i'm really excited for next week we got the sports psychologist coming on i can't wait oh yeah to mindset that. mike yeah. he'll be here next week my buddy johnny he works at the dollar store next door and he's a character he came in 
I keep fucking fucking it up. He was he was gonna come on today, so maybe I'll have him after mindset Mike. But Johnny from the dollar store, so you'll hear the we'll talk about the life of a manager at the dollar store and he's a character, so that'll be good. All right, guys. Love you. See you Love next you week. Bye bye.